My name's Abby. I'm going to be doing the Bible reading this morning. So it's from Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 14. It says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him for the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. He is a, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Thanks, Abby. And I just want to uh, extend the welcome that Carolyn gave to all the folks here today. It's great to uh, see everyone here and to see some new faces here as well. It's tremendous. In a moment, I'm going to... Um, conclude our series on um, the whole subject of identity. But I just want to make a little bit of an announcement, if I could, first. So this church has really got, has really got in its DNA the mission of bringing people to Jesus and being transformed into his passionate disciples. And hopefully that mission statement is something that there won't be an exam afterwards, but you know, this, I'm hoping folk have started to embrace that wonderful mission statement, bringing people to Jesus and being transformed into his passionate disciples. So the core team has been praying about what we should do at Christmas, because being a new church plant, we haven't actually had a Christmas yet, so you know, it's, everything's new. Everything's new. So um, we believe it's really right that on Christmas... Eve, which is a Sunday, the 24th of December. Now, Christmas is less than two months away. I'm just putting it out there, so this is an advance notice. But on Sunday, the 24th of December, rather than meet in this building, we're going to meet in a park um, not far from here in Corolla Park, a park in Corolla Park, a reserve. And we're going to do it at around about um, six o'clock or so. And we're going to have a Christmas carol service, which will be open to the community. So that's the plan. So we actually want to be more visible, and be able to, and it's going to be a free barbecue. And uh, we're going to have carols, and I've spoken to the council, and we've got a tentative booking, so it's looking looking great. So, But to put on something like this, can I say, requires just a little bit of organising. Um, and so um, Ella, who's been very capably leading our worship and also making the coffees and doing lots of things today. She, she's going to be um, a key player in leading the team because we need to assemble a team to be able to um, put this on. So can I encourage folks to, to really think about how you might be able to be involved in this? 
Uh, but if, if you, Ella would love to um, hear from you. We're probably going to put out a, we might in the future weeks put out a roster so people can put the names on. But if you'd like to be able to help us for, to put on this great community event on Christmas um, evening, Christmas Eve evening, um, on, on Sunday the 24th, that'd be fantastic. So I'm excited about that, as you can tell. And, um, but I just think it'd be fantastic. And when I spoke to someone from the council, they said, oh, that sounds great, I might come along. You know, so, because uh, so, I think Christmas is one of those special times. There's an openness in, at Christmas to, to the gospel more than any other time of the year, I think. So, so if you're interested, Ella is going to be heading up a team. Please feel free to make yourself known to Ella. So let's have a word of prayer now. Heavenly Father, I ask now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be acceptable in your sight, that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to us and continue to lead us into truth and understanding. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, initially when we began the series on identity, it was going to be five weeks, but I've just been reading the book of Ephesians again, and there's one more, I think, which we need to to tackle. And so there it is, on the right-hand side there. Sealed. So just quick recap, and particularly for those folk who have, um, um, might be visiting with us today or maybe new for the last few weeks, we've been talking about identity and finding our identity in Christ, in a relationship with Christ. And it's transforming. And so the scripture that Abby read to us, which is a very jam-packed, solid set of scriptures here, I've got to tell you. I mean, you know, I always say if you read all that, Quickly, you get spiritual indigestion because it's just so packed full of incredible stuff. But what we've been working our way through, and you may have picked up those phrases as Abby was reading Ephesians 1, is that um, being chosen, in Christ we are chosen and we are holy and blameless. So we spent a week on that. Then we talked about being adopted into God's family, which is just a wonderful gift which he, does, he gives to us, adopted into his family. And then a couple of weeks or three weeks ago, I, I talked about redeemed. And I used an illustration of a little boat at the end of the message, which, by the way, I, I used again on Friday night at Excess, a teenagers meet up at Excess on Aberfoyle, and I used it again there. Um, and, and last week, I spoke about forgiveness of sin, that in Christ we, we know forgiveness through his blood. And uh, the key verse for today is found in Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. And let me just, um, let me just read that to you. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So verse 13 says, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, when you believed. And so folks, if you hear the message of truth, and you believe, then you are included in Christ and all those promises which I mentioned out before, all are yours in Christ. So when you believe, when you hear the word and believe, 
you receive the incredible blessings of being chosen and being holy, being um, uh, adopted, being forgiven and redeemed. And then Paul concludes this section to say that when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. So I want to talk about being sealed today. And uh, it's interesting, I don't know, I'm of a certain age where I still watch some shows on the ABC and um, there may be some in the congregation, small number, who would join me in that, but there's a show called um, Antiques Roadshow. Now, now it's not just for antiques to watch it, it's just, um, and I say with, with some trepidation, how many people have actually watched that show, Antiques Roadshow, yet, oh, well, this is, oh, that makes me feel better, even some... <laughs> And you get, and it's always interesting because you get these folks who queue up for hours, I reckon, and they've brought along certain treasures, which have either been handed down in the family, or they've bought uh, at some um, you know stall somewhere, and they think that they may be of value, and they bring them along. And there's all sorts of stuff that people bring. But what I love is when people bring along something and they get totally surprised about it. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those episodes where you know. Um, and, but what the, these lovely English um, experts, antique experts with their lovely English accents, you know, go through and, and, and tell the story about the piece and, and they, often they look for any particular marks. And so the classic one is, say, is um, those watches, the really expensive watches. Rolex, thank you. And, but of course, if you've ever been into Southeast Asia, you can almost get a cheap Rolex, you know. <laughs> But if you get the genuine article and these experts, these Rolex watch experts, they look for certain marks for it. And and if they find them, that means it's a genuine Rolex. And if it's a genuine Rolex, the the figures are a phenomenal. They say, well, if you were to take this to auction, it would probably get in the vicinity of, and sometimes it's £20,000 for for a, a Rolex watch. Yeah. But if it's, a, if it's a fake Rolex, well, obviously it's you know, hardly worth anything. But if it's a genuine article and it's got the special um, insignias on it, the special diagrams, the special marks, well, it's, it's worth a huge amount. And I love it when these people get shocked and surprised about And But in, because they're English, if you've ever seen the American version, people just go off their heads when they find out. But the English people say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know what I mean? It's just un- lovely understating. I love it. I love it. So a seal is something which we even have today. We have the royal seals, you know, on certain crockery. If you find that, you know, that indicates it's worth a lot. You may have some at your house. We don't. But um, some people, they collect these lovely crockery with royal Daltons and other things. But in ancient times, sealing, seals are very common as well. A good example of this is when Jesus died on the cross and they put his body in a tomb, the Roman authorities sealed the tomb. You see, they sealed the tomb. I think what they were really hoping was that that, that was to try and stop some of the disciples perhaps taking Jesus' body out of the tomb. So they put a special seal on it 
And that seal meant it had the authority of, of the Caesar, of Rome. And it was a powerful seal. And uh, if you broke that seal, you're at great risk of your life. The irony was that it wasn't the issue of someone breaking into, this, into the tomb to take Jesus out. Jesus actually broke out of the tomb. You know, that's another story for Easter, the resurrection. But a seal indicated um, uh, authority, indicated um, ownership, indicated authenticity. And, and we have this interesting phrase that when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, some sort of mark of ownership. Now, it wasn't a, it wasn't a physical mark that, that, that Paul's talking about here. He says, when you were marked in him, you were marked in him with a seal. But in this case, the seal is the promised Holy Spirit. So we are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. God puts his mark of ownership upon us and basically says we are authentic believers, not because we've done something special, but as a gift he's given to us the Holy Spirit. So we are sealed in him, in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. That's the seal. Come with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I love this verse. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So God has put his seal of ownership on us. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Christ and he's put his seal of ownership on us and that seal is the Holy Spirit. And so folks, can I just reassure you and remind you that if you're putting your trust in Jesus, if you've heard the message and believed, then God has put his seal upon you. He's he's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to fast for 40 days. You don't have to crawl on your knees. You know, some friends of ours have just done this major trek um, part of the Camino Trail and, I've, and uh, in fact both of them have preached in this church earlier this year so Rod and Liz Dyson have just walked over and I don't want to exaggerate but I think it's over 800 kilometres had the nod there from the Oracle 800k on a, to, 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 uh, in Spain to, on this Camino Trail and to get to this particular um, big cathedral where the bones of St. James are reported to be buried. But so pil- people have been doing this pilgrimage over the centuries, and it's 800k. So you, it, you do about 20k a day. It's, it's a massive trek. So Rod and Liz have got there, and they had some tra- travels along the way, and Rod got a bit crook, and, and, uh, and Liz has been posting some photos on Facebook, put some wonderful bridges on these photographs too. That's what I made comment on. Forget about, forget about the slugs and the leaves. I'm interested in the bridges. But anyway, they made this trek. But over the years, people have thought, well, if I'm trying to get right with God, if I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to undertake some sort of special pilgrimage and put myself through all sorts of trials and challenges... And that's what people often did. But Rod and Liz weren't doing that. They know who they are in Christ, but they were doing this trek for, you know, because it's a bit of a challenge and it's a great way to see Spain and, and I guess it's testing themselves a bit. But we don't have to walk 800K, 20K a day 
to get right with God, to do something incredibly difficult to get right with him. No, when we believe in Christ, when we put our trust in Jesus, we are sealed in him. We are sealed in him, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's God's ownership upon us. How good is that? And it's, it's, we don't earn it, we receive it. But, but um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5 this, and it's on the same theme. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now I think a lot of us are familiar with the concept of a deposit. You know, you may not have all the money just yet, but you save up for a deposit. I mean, for some people, one of the biggest deposits you're ever going to try and um, pull together is for a house. You know, that's a big thing, particularly these days. Um, but people have deposits on a new car or whatever it might be. We understand that a deposit is something which is the beginning of something and it's going to lead to something even bigger. Well, the Spirit is given to us as a deposit, as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So not only has God sealed us in the sense of ownership and putting his mark upon us, but he's also given us the Spirit as a deposit. Come with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. I want to just do one more scripture to expand on this. Same theme. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So we have the Spirit and the Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing things to come. But Paul's saying here that we wait eagerly for our, for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And so let me just paint the picture because when we come to Christ, there's, there's almost like three aspects to our adoption, to our sonship, to our redemption. When we come to Christ, we have been saved. We've been saved through what Jesus has done. We have been adopted before the foundation of the world. God planned for us to be adopted. So God has done something in Jesus and he's, he's done something incredible and we have been saved in him. But in this present day, we are being saved right now through the work of the Spirit. We are being saved. And there's going to come a future time when we will be saved, when we will fully get our adoption as sonship, when we will actually get resurrected bodies. And so God's work is incredibly broad. He has done something in Jesus. He is doing something in Jesus right now by his spirit and he will bring it to, to a finality and to fulfilment at the end times when we will be fully revealed as God's children. Do you see that, folks? So it's past, present and future and the spirit is a deposit of guaranteeing things to come. Guaranteeing things to come. So... These bodies which we, are in, which we have now, and you may have a great view about your body or you might be a little bit disappointed about your body, or you, I won't ask for a show of hands, but um, your body may have a few challenges, may not be quite as agile and healthy as it once was. Well, folks, can I tell you something that 
the future is that we're going to actually have new bodies. Amen? That's a bit dull. We're actually going to have new bodies, resurrected bodies. I mean, how good is that going to be? I mean, it's incredible. So we should pray for healing now, and healing is important. But folks, the ultimate healing is when Jesus brings to fulfillment all things and we actually get resurrected bodies. Resurrected bodies. So God has done something in Jesus. He is doing something in Jesus. And he will do something in Jesus. We will be fully adopted, fully restored, fully made in the likeness of Jesus with new bodies. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And so let me just illustrate. It's not the perfect illustration, but it's a, it's a, it's a bit of an illustration. So... For those who are students of history, on the 6th of June 1944, there was one of the most significant amphibious landings ever undertaken in the history of warfare, and it was now called D-Day. And on D-Day, the Allies established a beachhead at Normandy, and um, huge numbers of troops landed. And if you ever want to see it graphically shown, and it's very graphic... There's a movie called Saving Private Ryan, which <laughs> very graphic. And uh, people who actually were there that day who saw that movie, most of those folk aren't with us anymore, but people who were there that day who actually land on Normandy said that Saving Private Ryan was probably the most realistic picture of the, um, the D-Day landing that they've ever seen. So it's pretty graphic. But that, that beachhead was established. And really, that was the beginning of the end of the war. But that was the 6th of June, 1944. But there was another significant event, VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. That was the 8th of May, 1945. So between 6th of June, 1944 and 8th of May, 1945, there were still a lot of battles that had to be fought as the Allies continued to get through into Berlin. But the ultimate victory was VE Day. But D-Day was this massive invasion and the beachhead was established. And in some ways, we live as Christians, if you like, between D-Day and VE Day. Can you see that? It's not the most perfect of illustration, but it's a way of looking at this because the cross has won a great victory. We've sung about that today. But there are battles going on and they've got an enemy roaring around like a roaring lion. And we have a victory in Jesus, but there's sickness. And, and, you only got, and, and, and as Carolyn prayed today, you've only got to turn on the news and see the challenges which are going on in Ukraine, in the Middle East right now, to know that, that this world has got a lot of challenges and battles going on. We're living between D-Day and V-Day, but in V-Day, when Christ returns and brings all things to fulfilment and we get resurrected bodies, that'll be the fulfilment and there'll be a new heaven and new earth. But we are living right now in this period between D-Day and V-E-Day, or if you like, between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit, guaranteeing things to come. And when we say guaranteeing, it means that we can be secure in him. It means that we don't have to be fearful. If you just relied simply on news that you hear each day, no wonder a lot of people are fearful. Now it's terrible when we need to pray about what's happening in many countries where there's warfare and suffering. But folks, can I say 
that we're given the Holy Spirit as a deposit. And the deposit, the seal means, the seal means that there's protection. If the seal was broken, you'd know that someone had tampered with it. But the seal is not broken. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit. He guarantees our security in Christ. So in Christ we are sealed. In Christ we are secure. In Christ we do not need to fear. In other words, to be sealed means we remain intact. You know, sometimes if you get a parcel from overseas and it's all wrapped up, you have a look to see whether it's been tampered with, whether anyone's cut the, cut the tape or, you know, and often the sender puts a, you know, a sticker on it and, um, and you know that if it hasn't been cut or tampered with and it's probably going to be intact and it's probably going to be okay. Having said that, our portable baptism, can I just share with you, um, we're about to get our third heater unit. So um, even though it arrived intact, it wasn't actually in great shape. But, um, and we've got to get it replaced again. But normally a sticker means that something's intact, it hasn't been tampered with. When we're sealed in the spirit, we can remain intact, we can be secure because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, there's a... Um, there's a there's a particular vault in the remote island north of Norway called Svalbard, S-V-A-L-B-A-R-D. And it's in some archipelago between Norway and the North Pole. Right? And in that vault, there's about 1.1 million seeds some of you may have heard about this, and they're stored in this vault. And the idea is that if there's a major calamity on in the world, dare I say, a major war or nuclear war or whatever it might be, the world's food supplies can be, um, if you like, preserved because all these seeds are stored away in this vault. And when the designers of it worked it out, they had to try and find a location that was going to be incredibly secure. And they chose this particular um, location because all the seeds are are at minus 18 degrees Celsius. They're in a concrete bunker. And they chose this location because it's remote, because there's very low tectonic activity. In other words, there aren't too many earthquakes. It's high enough above the water level that it won't get inundated with water. It's viewed as the safest place on earth. Safest place on earth. And even if the power supply breaks down, because of the fact that you've got this concrete bunker uh, in a mountain, the temperature will still remain the same, minus 18 degrees Celsius. So it's the safest place in the world, chosen to protect all these seeds. Well, folks, can I just say that when you know Christ, in him... We are sealed by the Spirit. It's the safest place in the world. Do you see that? It's the safest place. It doesn't mean that trouble isn't going to happen to us, but we can be secure in him. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So we do not need to be afraid. We do not need to be fearful. We don't don't put our trust in ourselves or other systems or other people, but we put our trust in Jesus. So our identity is that we're sealed in Christ. He's given us the spirit 
as a mark of ownership, firstly, that we belong to him, but secondly, as a deposit, guaranteeing things to come. So I wonder how you're travelling today. Do you have that security in your life where you know that you belong to God? You belong to God and he holds on to you and we are secure in the safest place in the world, in Christ. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, I ask that um, your spirit, the spirit who, who... in whom we are sealed, that you would touch all our lives, Father. That you would um, give us that assurance, that knowledge, that, that absolute assurance deep in our hearts that we belong to you. We are secure in you. May that be a reality for everyone's life now in Jesus' name. Amen.